Hello, people of Earth and Anchor and Spotify podcast listeners. Welcome to this week's news and flashback fun mini episode. Happy February 5th birthdays to R&B singer Bobby Brown, actor Henry Golden, Golding, TV actor Tim Meadows, soccer player Cristiano Ronaldo, actress Barbara Hershey, Jennifer Jason Leigh, country singer Sarah Evans, and many others, along with Laura Linney, who turned 60, and Michael Sheen, and actor Darren Chris. Today is the debut date for 2010's An Education in Crazy Heart. Not to mention, today marks exactly three years since Midday Movie Madness's podcast began. Unfortunately, it also marks exactly three years since the world lost Christopher Plummer. Yesterday, believe it or not, Facebook turned 20 years old. Now, I have a mixture of good and bad news before we get to this week's flashback fun. First, the bad news. Hollywood was stunned February 2nd when news broke that 76-year-old pro football player turned amazing actor Carl Weathers went to the boxing arena in the sky. NYTimes.com reported February 2nd, Weathers, who went from doling out bone-crunching hits as a linebacker for the Oakland Raiders to delivering knockout punches on the big screen as Apollo Creed, the nemesis of Sylvester Stallone's lovable lug prizefighter in Rocky, helping to spark one of Hollywood's most successful franchises, died on Thursday. His family said in a statement that he died peacefully in his sleep. The statement did not get a cause or say where he died. Mr. Weathers had a long and varied acting career that took him far beyond the boxing ring. He displayed his range in some over some 80 films and television credits. Recently, he memorably parodied himself as an acting coach in several episodes of the sitcom Arrested Development. He mem- Recently, he was the voice of Combat Carl in the animated movie Toy Story 4 and played Grief Karga in the Star Wars television series The Mandalorian, earning an Emmy Award nomination in 2021 for Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series. Even so, his Apollo Creed character cast a long shadow. After the release in 1976 of Rocky, which was nominated for 10 Academy Awards and won three, including Best Picture, Mr. Weathers reprised their role in the next three installments. Evolving from the titles Characters Motormouth Muhammad Ali Like Rival to His Trusted Friend and Trainer. His creed got one more shot at boxing immortality in the exuberant, if cartoonish, Rocky IV, 1985, where he squared off against the Soviet supervillain Drago, Dolph Lundgren, an icy robotic megapologist. Early in the Adam Sandler golf comedy Happy Gilmore, 1996, Weathers and Laughs as Chubbs, who had been a star of the professional circuit before he's lost his hand in an alligator attack. Rest in peace, Mr. Weathers. It was announced today that King Charles III has been diagnosed with cancer. And I hate to break the news to you, Law & Order fans, but District Attorney Jack McCoy is heading off into the sunset.
Parati.com declared February 2nd Sam Watterson is exiting Law and Order after more than 400 episodes. His last episode were on Thursday, Feb 22nd. Tony Goldwyn, best known for his role as Fitz in ABC Scandal, has been cast as the new district attorney. Watterson joined the Dick Wolf Mothership series in 1994. He remained a, cast, a main cast member until the show's original run came to an end in 2010. When the show was revived for its 21st season in 2022, he stepped back into the role. He also played the character on Law & Order SVU, Law & Order Trial by Jersey, and Exited, a trial by a Law & Order movie. Following the news, Watterson shared in a statement regarding his exit, beginning with, Greetings, you wonderful people. It's been a pleasure to talk directly like this to the backbone of Law & Order's absolute amazing audience. The time has come for me to move on and take Jack McCoy with me. There's sadness in leaving, but I'm just too curious about what's next, he wrote. An actor doesn't want to let himself get too comfortable. I'm more grateful to you than I can say. LNO's continuing an amazing long run, along with its astounding comeback, is all thanks to you and Dick Wolf, but for whose vision, patience, perseverance, and unique combination of creative and business talents, none of this would have happened. I feel very blessed. I hope to see you all on the flip side. And I'm sorry to disappoint you, Stranger Things and Winston Netflix show fans, but... It appears as if viewers won't be able to return to Hawkins, Indiana for, or to Nevermore Academy until probably 2025. So we'll have to wait even longer for the fifth and final season of Stranger Things and the second season of Wednesday. In much better news, Sunday's Grammy Awards went off without a problem. There were plenty of exciting highlights. And not just Billy Joel debuting his new song, Turn the Light Back, Lights Back On. People.com reported the highlights this morning, saying Miley Cyrus won her first Grammy for her best pop solo performance for Flowers. And she made the entire moment even more iconic by asking Mariah Carey, who presented her with a trophy, to stand next to her. This MC is going to stand by this MC, Cyrus said, adding... This is just too iconic. Billie Eilish and her bro- big brother Phineas delivered a touching performance of their hit from the Barbie soundtrack. The song went to win Song of the Year later that night. While accepting her 13th Grammy for Best Pop Vocal Album for her album Midnight, Taylor Swift also announced she'll be releasing a brand new album, The Torture Poet's Departure, coming out on April 19th. Luke Holmes and Tracy Chapman had the audience on their feet and reaching for the tissues with their performance of Chapman's Fast Car. Combs's cover of the song also received a nomination for Best Country Solo Performance at this year's ceremony. Celine Dion had the audience on their feet when she made a surprise appearance to present the Album of the Year to Taylor Swift, who became the first person to win the category four times. When I say I'm really happy to be here, I really mean it. Dion, who was diagnosed with stiff person syndrome back in 2022, told the adoring crowd. Stevie Wonder led the In Memoriam segment with a tribute 
to his longtime friend, Tony Bennett. Wonder kicked off the ceremony's annual tribute portion by honoring his late friend and fellow music icon, who died in July 2023 at age 96. At 80 years old, Joni Mitchell gave her debut Grammy's performance, a gorgeous rendition of her classic Both Sides Now. Whether we all know it or not, any one of us here who's ever dreamed of being a truly self-revealing singer-songwriter did it standing on the shoulders of one, Joni Mitchell. Friend Brandy Carlisle said while introducing Mitchell, who also won Best Folk Album on Sunday night. Rawr! The new Untitled Jurassic Park movie has an official director and release date. It was announced today it will be helmed by David Leach, who directed Bullet Train, John Wick, The Upcoming Fall Guy, and Deadpool 2, and will Dino Stomp its way to theaters in just over 17 months on July 2nd, 2025. Big news, SpongeBob SquarePants fans. IGN.com announced February 1st. Get, the, get ready for a dose of nostalgia as SpongeBob SquarePants and his friends gear up to perform their song Sweet Victory during Super Bowl 58. For those unfamiliar with this bang of a performance, Sweet Victory was a song that appeared in the season 2 episode of SpongeBob SquarePants called Band Geeks. In this episode, SpongeBob and other members of Bikini Bottom join a band led by Squidward. The episode ends with the band performing during the fictional Bubble Bowl. For years, fans of SpongeBob SquarePants have requested that Sweet Victory perform during a Super Bowl. Following the death of SpongeBob SquarePants creator Stephen Hillenburg, a petition was created on Change.org to play the song during Super Bowl. 53 to honor Hillenburg. While the song was not played, it did receive a tribute during the halftime show. Announced on the CBS Sports X Twitter, Twitter ta- account, those who turn in to Nickelodeon to watch Super Bowl 58 will be treated by performers of Sweet Victory before kickoff. The performers will be animated in CGI as shown on the CBS Sports snippet. Super Bowl 58 will air on February 11th between AFC and defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the NFC champions, the San Francisco 49ers. Remember Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey? Rise Frank Waterfield's 2023 bloody slasher take on the beloved character Winnie the Pooh? And how it's such a big success, it's getting a sequel? Well, <laughs> Collider.com reported today, the clock is ticking, and it's almost time to go back to the 100-acre wood and finish what started when Winnie the Pooh began his bloodthirsty quest for vengeance in the 2023 slasher flick, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Today marks the arrival of the first trailer for the sequel film, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, which is said to be coming soon. Although, no release date window has been revealed at this time. This time, Tigger has joined a murderous and revenge-obsessed Pooh and Piglet as they lead the force and take the fight to Christopher Robin's hometown of Ashdown after he reveals their existence to the public.
Catherine O'Hara has just joined season two of The Last of Us. Friday, February twenty, February 2nd, it was announced that Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles' human co-star cast for Sonic the Hedgehog 3 is growing. Kristen Ritter, Al- Alia Brown, Jorma Tacone, Crystal Fernandez, Sofia Perez, and James Wolk have joined the cast of the video game adaptation sequel. No word on who they will be playing in the December 20th release. And on the so- subject of Sonic's upcoming sequel, it turns out the world has not seen the end of Jim Carrey's bald, latte-loving, latte-loving, blue hedgehog-loathing Dr. Robotnik. I hate that hedgehog. You love that hedgehog. Hate. Love. Hate. Variety.com declared that day Jim Carrey will reprise his role on the mad scientist with the formidable facial hair in Sonic the Hedgehog 3. This news comes despite the fact, and here there be spoilers, the second film in the series ended with Dr. Robotnik falling from a giant robot to the ground below. A potentially fatal tumble in the film's post-credit scene, however, it is revealed that Dr. Robotnik's body has not been found, setting the stage for Sonic's main antagonist to make a dramatic return. The combined global box office for Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 stands at $870.8 million. Hence the enthusiasm of Paramount, the studio behind the video game adaptations, for another installment of the franchise. The studio is also making a spin-off series, Knuckles, that will premiere on Paramount+. Plus. Carrie's return was teased on social media with Sonic, filmmakers releasing a teaser that includes Robotnik's distinctive tackle. Carrie's casting leads right in today's first flashback fun film. Alrighty then. Could you believe that yesterday, February 4th, marked 30 years since Carrie's hilarious extremely unorthodox pet detective Ace Ventura first took over Hollywood. Also starring Courtney Cox, Tone Locke, Sean Young, and a then Miami Dolphins quarterback Dan Marino, the comedy mystery Ace Ventura pet detective centered on Ventura going on his biggest case ever, Finding Snowflake, the kidnapped dolphin mascot of the Miami Dolphins, before the Super Bowl. It made $72.2 million here in the States and a worldwide total of $107.2 million and has a cult following. It, along with later 1994 Carrie films, The Mask and Dumb and Dumber, are responsible for catapulting his career into the stratosphere. It spawned the 1995 sequel, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, the animated 1995 to 2000 TV series Ace Ventura Pet Detective, and the standalone 2009 made for TV sequel Ace Ventura Junior Pet Detective, which we don't talk about. What's interesting is that Rick Moranis turned down the role of Ace Ventura, as did Adam Sandler. In honor of the late Christopher Plummer, and as part of February's flashback. Fun, and as part of February's romance-themed flashback fun feature, let's take a look back at the film that earned him 
an Oscar. The romantic comedy drama Beginners. It's written and directed by Mike Mills. The movie also st- written and directed by Mike Mills. The movie also starring Ewan McGregor and Melanie Lauren centers on young gra- on graphic artist Hal, whose life is turned totally upside down when his elderly father comes out of the closet and states he has cancer after his wife's death. The June third, two thousand eleven release, based on Mill's own coming about, Mill's own seventy-five-year-old father coming up right before he died, made a fourteen point three million dollars in theaters. Christopher Plummer received numerous accolades for his role in the film, including the Best Supporting Actor Oscar statue. What's interesting is that before he made the film, Hugh McGregor was not a dog owner. But during the course of the film's shoot, he decided he absolutely needed to get a dog. He is now the proud owner of a poodle named Sid. And Christopher Plummer's Best Supporting Actor win was this film's only Oscar nomination. And at 82 years of age, him winning the Best Supporting Actor Award for this film made him become made him become the oldest person ever to win an Academy Award for acting. Last but not least, flying to its seventy first anniversary today is Walt Disney's animated Peter Pan. The animated fantasy starring Robbie Driscoll, Catherine Beaumont, and Bill Thompson was based on J.M. Barry's play slash book, The Peter Pan or the Boy That Won't Who Won't Grow Up and Does Not Even Need a Recap. It taught the world to place faith in faith, trust in pixie dust, and sprinkled. $87.4 million worth of pixie dust on audiences. Its huge franchise includes books, the 2002 sequel Return to Neverland, the TV series Jake and the Neverland Pirates, the, t- the spin-off Tinkerbell TV, I mean, DVD series, and, and many others. Peter Plan, played by Robbie McKay, appeared as an antagonist on Once Upon a Time Season 3. Peter Pan and Wendy, the live-action remake of the film, with Alexander Maloney, Everett Anderson, Jude Law, Jim Gaffigan, and Yara Shahidi, flew to Disney Plus on, in April 2023. According to IMDb.com, Walt Disney actually played Peter Pan in a school function when he was a child. And Wendy and Peter Pan very much represent, resemble their respective voice actors of Catherine Beaumont and Bobby Driscoll. That's all for this week's News and Flashback Fun, folks. So until we meet again, as always, stay safe and watch lots of movies and DVDs. Bye now.